Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. 
gentlemen, my name is Alexander Gonzalez, and I am coming to you live from St. Petersburg, Florida. And I am excited because every single week I try to bring to you a different thought leader, and we get to know said thought leader and ultimately figure out how did they go from where they started to where they are today. And the reason I love to have these conversations is because success leaves clues unless you're clueless. <laughs> and so I like to bring these people who have reached a certain level of success, either, you know, Glenn said it so beautifully earlier, if you guys listen, that it's not just wealth, there's seven pillars of success. And this is someone who I feel genuinely may somehow have figured out how to have success in all seven pig pillars. She is someone that I call the Empress of Clubhouse. Um, she is one of the strongest, most talented, most open, honest, and vibrant people I have ever had the privilege of not just getting to know, but getting to call sister in Christ, the one, the only, Tamara Andres. What is up, Tamara? Good morning. Hello. Gosh, Alexander. I was like trying to bring in the fire and the energy with you this morning, and now you're making me cry. <laughs> and it's not because of the, the compliments. It's just because I hear you share, and I know your heartbeat behind bringing people to the table who have amounted to something or, or figured something out or have some key that we can pass to other people. And I just think of all the people in the room who may or may not be in a place of, of heartache or heartbreak or curiosity even, but feeling unworthy of accepting the passing that's going to happen, the passing of the baton that will happen during this segment. And I just, I don't want anyone to be listening with any element of unworthiness because I've been in all of those dark, scary, in impossible places. So I'm super excited for this conversation. Thanks for making the way. No, of course. And I'm excited for this conversation as well. And, you know, I think, you know, we all have gifts, right? And, and it's so important, right? What we were talking about today, the legacy that we're going to leave, the ripple effect. And I think that when there is a certain level of self-awareness, so for example, I actually am quite aware that I have the gift of bringing people to an audience and extrapolating information that the audience can receive and cause shift. Right. So now it is my responsibility now that I have that awareness to step up to the plate and do it. <laughs> and so because I want to do this the best possible way possible, I'm going to ask the audience to do me a favor right now. Right now, I see that we're at 145 shares. I want you guys to get that number. I want to see it up at least to 160 because I promise you what Tamara is about to drop is powerful. Not only has she and her husband had a successful fill in the blank, you can say a lot of things, family, marriage, business, uh, relationships, it with other people, etc. They've also figured out how to still keep the main thing, the main thing, meaning Jesus Christ, their Lord and Savior in the midst of a very difficult, uh, maybe even tumultuous climate to do so, to still put him first. And so right now, if you know that there's probably someone that needs to listen to this message, I need you to send a share. I only see three, so I need a couple more going. We need to get at least to 160. I want you to also send this out on Twitter, send this out on Facebook, invite friends, because I promise Every single time Tamara has spoken and I've had the privilege of hearing her speak, my life has been shifted. My life is made better. 
And so I don't want this to be just left with those here. I want more in here now so that more people's lives can call, can be shifted. More people's lives can be made better. We're at 151, y'all, I'm not gonna let Tamara unmute until we get to 160. So unless y'all wanna hear me, like my auctioneer voice going, like, let's go. I don't care if you already did it. We're gonna keep going. I'm gonna do one at 155. I need five more of you. And you know what? If you did it, go ahead and comment in the comments. Did it, done, shared, whatever word you want to. Okay, I need five more people. Come on. Done. I thank you, Christina Howard. Thank you, Nor. Thank you, Stars Tina. Yes, let's go. Come on. We need four more. We need three more. We're almost there. We are almost there. Let's go. <laughs> Literally, y'all, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to keep begging for that. I need one more. I am not afraid. Y'all should have seen me anyway. I was doing an auction, raising money for uh, human sex trafficking. I will go there. Yes, we got a 161. Let's go. Tamara, good morning. How are you today, friend? Incredibly <laughs> awesome. I'm so excited to be here. And good job, 164. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. That's what I'm talking about. And I'm excited about this. So I always start all my interviews. Now, listen, you and I have had the privilege. I can remember the first time I met you. I don't even know if you remember, not in person, but through Clubhouse. And it was because you were meeting with the social media show to start chatting about doing this, um, a, 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 what, oh my gosh, a mob dance, but a virtual mob dance. <laughs> and so you led, that's how we met. So you led Breakfast with Champions and hunt, I mean, I don't know, thousands of videos went out on this, you know, collected mob dance that you, you know, you chore I don't know if you choreographed or what, but you basically put it all together and that's how we met. And I remember thinking, ooh, this lady can like really make things happen. <laughs> that, that was my first oh, man, thought, I thought of you. I thought you were gonna say, this lady can move because I got some dance moves too. Ah, you, you can move, you can move. Hey, I, I assumed you were a dancer actually because of it. So if you are, you aren't, I don't know. But I really did assume that you were a dancer. So, okay, this is what we're gonna talk about now. I always start in the same way. This is how we met. We met through Clubhouse. We've become friends. We've been in person together several times. We have, our families know each other. I love your husband. I can, I can call and text your husband at any given moment for a conversation, but we're gonna go back, 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 right? I wanna know, talk to me about your childhood. Growing up, what was it like? I wanna know, like, listen, I was the rich kid that got to have all the parties because my parents killed it, or I was the one that was struggling, like I was popular, I, was, I, want, I wanna hear it all because it's all part of it. When you were young, what were you, what were you like? Who were you? I love this. And I have so many like memories flashing before me as you're giving the examples. I'm like, nope, that wasn't me. Like our, our family was rooted. I was born and raised in Virginia Beach, Virginia, still here as a local here now, as well as my husband. So it's very rare because it's a very transient area with the military. My dad was uh, in the Navy, 21 years retired. And we lived a very small life when I was small. And we would literally on Fridays walk up to the local VHS store grab a pizza and rent the video player, literally the VHS player. We didn't even have one of ourselves, get a movie and walk back home every Friday night. And when I was about five, we moved into what I felt like was a mansion. It was a brand new build of a home that was like literally less than a mile from that other house. And um, I was exposed. I'm just gonna jump in fast here, Alexander, because I know time is precious. I was exposed to uh, a world of sexuality very early. 
And it really blanketed so much of my childhood. I was not raised in a Christian um, processing home, a Christian relational home, I should say. Um, we went to church on the holidays, basically. We were those folks. The religiosity was real. Uh, and we put on a smile every time that we did. And in the meantime, there was this like dark experience that was transpiring that my parents had no idea about. And meanwhile, there and we are living this seemingly happy life. Uh, I was a gymnast. And so I was in the gym uh, starting at age two and all the way till I was 16. By the time I was seven, I was there for about 20 hours a week because I was in competition. Uh, I'm going to jump around here, but stay close because I'm going to go back to what I just dropped right out the gate. You're like, whoa. And uh, I I was a girl that went after the Barbies and the baby dolls and the fashion and the MTV Music Awards and, and the Seventeen magazine. And because of those things and because of the culture in which we were being raised in, I always thought that I was a girl with a, a purpose and the purpose was for men to be completely transparent. I was always recognized for my beauty. Um, I was mentioned for uh, being popular for sure out the gate. Uh, I was always on a microphone and was on TV when I was small, on talk shows. I was on stage, uh, whether for gymnastics, whether for dance, whether for student government. Uh, I was very used to being in the forefront. And sadly, in the shadows, I was dealing with identity crisis, an identity crisis around what am I made for, who am I made for, and I'm not good enough. And that's because I was exposed by a sexual abuse encounter by a, a child who actually had a mental handicap, which I carried a lot of shame around for 30 plus years, so much so that there is something by nature, your mind can actually uh, covet those things and hide them. And so the, I had done that, but I had been seeking ever since then for purpose and reason and, and, and validity connected to it. And so I got exposed a little bit after in that big house that I mentioned to a ton of porn magazines, which is where I chose to hide uh, every single time we played. I then got exposed to chat rooms from AOL dial-up dial internet. And then I got a Nokia phone. You guys remember the Nokia, the, the T9 app in the texting? I, I uh, got trapped into some not so good conversations in the wee hours of the morning. And it led me down a really dark hole of trying to figure out my worth. Meanwhile, it, totally masked, totally masked, Alexander. First off, there's so much crossover in our lives. It is bananas, actually. Like I, I knew that we, I know, I think so. I knew that we knew of some, but now that you're, you're literally saying specific words that I'm like, Yep. Uh-huh. Been there. Yep. Uh-huh. Like, wow. And what's interesting about all of that is when you fast forward, it, it's so interesting, right? So first and foremost, one thing that I find really just awe-inspiring is that in your trauma, in your grief, in whatever it is that you're dealing with, your, um, you know, a maladaptive behavior really is what it is, but your way of kind of coping, your coping mechanisms is to lead. Your coping mechanism is to win, right? So you have this desire of approval, specifically approval from men because of all the sexualized stuff that's happened in your youth. And now you have kind of coped with all of these issues by learning how to win. Because if you win, what happens? You get 
recognized. People see you for all these things. And so then there's a correlation that's made there, right, at a very young age. How did that ultimately affect you? Because you had to make, in order to heal, you had to separate from being outcome-driven and wanting those wins because you couldn't to not want the attention. Does that make oh, sense? Wow. And so obviously I'm tapping into have a master's in psychology. Yes. I'm tapping into some psychology <laughs> here. Um, but how did you make that ultimate, you know, separation so that you could heal? Yeah. And I think that that's so noteworthy for people to recognize is like the success, the accolades, the awards, the perfection of it all. And I am quote air quoting because if you're not watching me, perfection uh, was what I was drive driven towards and driving towards all the time because it felt good and it felt clean and it felt wholesome and it felt like I was making impact. And so much so that when I went to school for college, I was at James Madison University in Virginia, which is right near Scott Simons. And uh, I went for business. I had a natural knack, like you said, for leadership. And I went right into starting my own business after school. So never made a resume, never went to job fairs and just knew without a shadow of a doubt that like, this was what I am really good at. And I wanted to be good at things, but I wanted it to be associated to how people viewed my era of success. Now, meanwhile, I am literally being called Barbie and Ken with my hot hubby. Yes, he is handsome. I'm so grateful for that. And uh, it was putting more of a mask on me. Ironically, Alexander, I had no idea we we're going to share about all of this this morning, but I posted about being called Barbie and what that Barbie-like exposure um, did to me. And so while I was doing all of these businesses, I started seven different businesses in my 20s, two of which were notable, um, one because the other ones were just kind of quick flops, but all around greatness. And so greatness being associated to people's health, their physicality, their mentality, their spirituality even, I was a young life leader in high school and I got burned really bad. I got church hurt. I don't know if anybody's heard of that before, but basically while living this dual life of, of being happy and, and holistic and successful, the backstory was that the darkness was still overshadowing. And I got discovered in that overshadowing when I was 17 years old. And I got kicked out of all the things that you would think would keep me in that space of goodness. And adults specifically were like, you're no longer allowed to lead. You can't come to Young Life anymore. Um, and I lost all of my friends before high school. Now, fast forward, almost the exact same thing. We live in cycles. If you know anything about uh, psychoanalysis, like you're talking, Alexander, our lives are in cycles until we can break that generational cycle. And so I'm 29 years old. I'm running a global business, a nine-figure budget. And uh, it was a nursing bra line because maternity and infants were kind of my, my specialty and what I had developed my business plan around, while also running a local brick-and-mortar store in an e-commerce. And I literally lived my life like Barbie and Ken, white picket fence, youngest in the neighborhood. I had a boy first, a girl second. Life was, air quotes, perfect. And I was still dealing with so much shame and so much darkness. And so God will do this. And I love him so much. And at the time, I would have called myself a Christian, but I was those church going Christians, just like I was when I was exampled as a little girl, like this will make me righteous, right? This will make me good. This will make me perceivingly have it all together if I can check this box too. And so the rug was pulled out from under me one day when I came home. And I had this revelation that this is not the tombstone that I'm going to have. 
what does that mean? It means when I go to, or you go to a tombstone that I hypothetically probably won't have because I don't want to be below ground. It's not going to say entrepreneur. It's not going to say, it might say leader, but it's not going to do it from a, a air quote business card. It's not going to do it from your lapel. It's not going to do it from the, the bio on Clubhouse. It's not going to do it from how many dollar signs you make. It's not going to do it from even the affiliations that you have. We talked about legacy this morning. It's about character because talents are cheap. Character is so much more rich. I'm going to let you inter intercede here, Alexander. Yeah, so, because honestly, you, you give a keynote with every response. It's phenomenal. It, and I hope that people are listening to what you're saying. Because for me, what really is really interesting in all of that is obviously you wrote a book. You, you put out, you know, you put your shame out to the world, right? The, the shame that you always hid that at 17 when opened and, and, and shared with people, um, you know, had you excommunicated like this is meaningful times, like, oh my goodness, like the place that should be wrapping their arms around you most is pushing you away. Then we know later on in life, you and your husband living this perfect life in front of everyone, but behind closed doors, not so perfect. You guys go through what the trials and tribulations that you go through. And now here in this new cycle, as you've, as you've broken these generational curses, as you've broken some of this shame and trauma that was following you, now you help others do the same, but then the same coping mechanism that allowed you to win in your shame is now helping you help others win through theirs. And so what's powerful in that is when was the moment that that shift happened that you went from shamed to not just freedom, but helping others find freedom? So sitting in my shame and, and the only way and element that we can all do this is to stop standing in the mirror, looking at our exterior selves, looking at our exterior life. It's looking to the heart. It's looking to the character. It's looking to the integrity. It's looking to your genetic makeup, the predisposition that you were designed with, which is beautifully and wonderfully made. And so I'm sitting in shame. I had never had a relationship fully with the Lord. I'd never had an encounter. And if you, if that sounds woo woo to you, if you're like, what is she talking about? Let's chat woo-woo. I'll do it all day long. But I'm sitting in my living room. I'm having a conversation with someone we call our fairy godmother. She was just a friend of a friend. And she showed up for such a time as this to literally share with us her testimony. And that testimony was almost exactly mine. So Alexander, the reason we're so connected is because our testimonies are our breakthrough for one another. And I think it's, it's so important. And this is why I wrote a book about it because it has nothing to do with me. No one wants to like, hey, let me tell you my really dark secrets. Like that's so hard. And from a business perspective, as a business coach, that is literally a death sentence in the business world. They're like, write your book as a business card. And I'm like, yeah, I did not do that. Okay. And I did that with intention because in this encounter, God told me three things. The face of Jesus in my living room, it is pouring down rain and rain is a massive element and thunderstorms of my life. I can go back and trace that another day for you. And he said, you are fully seen, you are fully known, and the words, I still love you. I still. Because I had been chasing this exterior love, and because of it, the shame was just a mounting, a mounting, a mounting, and love meant nothing to me. But when he said, I still love you in your nakedness, in your weakness, in your imperfection, 
I was seen for the very first time. I, my husband had never even seen me in this way. And literally all on a dime, the sun comes out. I'm not joking. My husband and the woman who was in the room with us, they literally said, it looks like you are a different person. They said, your posture just shifted. The light in your eyes is insane. I could cry just thinking about it because I, I can feel the transformation that occurred. If you've ever seen The Chosen, and I highly, highly, highly recommend you download the app and watch this. There is a moment where Mary, who had all of these demons inside of her, Jesus touches her head. And when he touches her head, literally the light in her body, the spirit is infused inside of her and all darkness flees. That was the encounter I had. And since that moment, I have been seeking so desperately the face of Jesus again. I've had multiple encounters since then, but my heart of hearts is that people do not walk around with any element of shame connected to their purpose because otherwise we're living between this duality of being locked to the past when God has so much more in store for your future. That's so good. And, and, and you know, I want to, because oftentimes we associate shame with, you know, sexual trauma, et cetera, but you may not be sitting, that may not be your shame. And, and I think that that's important to note, right? Because at the end of the day, shame is shame, regardless of what caused the shame, oftentimes we sit in that shame and why it's important to know and have people like Tamara, not just in your life as a coach or so you listen to her podcast or you go to her conferences or what, however you choose to participate, it's understanding that your shame might look different than hers, but the response to that shame is still the same. And so now we fast forward, you have this moment with you, you literally, it sounds like your soul is set afire, your shift immediately occurs and you start to kind of on this new path, right? You start on this new path. I've seen just in, in knowing you relationships with your mother getting closer and even more beautiful than I think it probably was in the past. Um, I see your business grow. I see your, not just you have books become bestsellers, but coaching other people to have books that become bestsellers and um, having incredible conferences, speaking all over the world, sharing your message and doing it in, in such a vibrant, authentic way. You've taken back, you know, uh, just the ability to be happy and joyful and, 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 and light and, and, that be synonymous to Christianity, you know, not necessarily well, needing to be somber and all, oh, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and that's a, a thing about like religion versus relationship, right? Or religion versus spirituality is like, I don't call myself a religious person. I call myself a spiritual person because the spirit is like the energy. The spirit is the element everybody's speaking to about manifestation in the universe. It's like, yeah, all of that is interconnected, created by a creator. And with the creative being so vibrant, literally look around you and see the world, the way that we laugh, like think of a belly laugh. When somebody belly laughs, like it's contagious and you so desperately wanna hold on to that. And I want people to know that no matter what has blanketed you or has you've even chosen to do, right? I have hand raising to things that happened to me and I have a lot of hand raising to the things that I did wrong. Shame happens on both sides of the equation. It doesn't matter. It could be associated to food. It could be associated to trauma. It could be associated to lies. It could be associated to culture. It could be associated to your parents. It could be associated to your birth. I mean, the, the list is eternal. 
And yet there is an eternal father who blankets every single one of your excuses, your thoughts, the lies that have been implanted. And it's from the fact that whatever you were beautifully designed to do, you had those things that people told you when you were little. I think of my kids and, and people calling out in them their greatness already, even since they were tiny little babies. And I only allow people to call out their greatness. When it's negative, we have a discussion about how that can be used for greatness, right? Because God's going to use it. And so for me, there was this, she lights up a room. She's really good on, on speaking and the voice and the microphone, right? She has this eloquence about her. She's so good at, at in creating and seeing other people for who they are and creating relationship. And so what I want you to do when you're thinking and you're listening is not to focus on me, but to focus on the God that is within you and every layer of your life. He has been present, whether you know him in a relational sense, whether you've had an encounter with him or not. But what happens, Alexandra, in that moment is, yeah, I was washed white, as they would say, or I had this moment of, of I am now out of the grave, right? I was called out of the grave. Lazarus, no longer get off your death clothes. But if you know the story of Lazarus, it had nothing to do with Lazarus. It wasn't the miracle of making him come to life. It was everyone who was there to witness it, okay? This is so powerful. Please pick up on it. Go back to the story in John. It was not even about Mary and Martha who were mourning over their lost brother. It was about all of the family members and everyone connected in the city who was going to find out and see with their eyes this miracle. Y'all, I, as well as I know, Alexander, we are walking miracles and so are you. And so this is the testimony. This is the life that we get to live. And just because you have this massive encounter doesn't mean you get to hold it for yourself. It's meant to be shared with other people. And so now you're in this place and you're like, holy moly, my whole life I feel like is completely stopped. I don't know who I am or what I'm supposed to do. Everyone talks about this idea of calling and purpose and passion. I had zero, I had no idea. I sat outside with my husband about a year and a half later, mind you, we, I took all bit of energy to stop crying because I had these revelations of this abuse that occurred when I was little and why these cycles were happening. You mentioned my mom, Alexander. She just uh, released a chapter. This is the first time she's ever written. She's now an author associated to the Joyful Entrepreneur book that we released here last week. And I read her chapter just a couple days ago after the book was already released. And I just started crying. Because just like you saw the cycles in my story connected to yours, I learned stuff about her I didn't even know. And I was like, man, if I had known sooner, if she had known sooner that if she shared, it could have broken the cycle in my life sooner. And so I went on a mission and I sat with my husband and he said, what are you passionate about? And I had gone to so much therapy at this point. I was in the process of getting my ordination and minister's licensing. I had gone to a year long school about worship and y'all, I do not sing or play an instrument. I won't say never, because there's never, never, never when God is around. But I was there because I just wanted to seek him. I just wanted to know him deeper. And I love music. I love sound. I love song. And so I was seeking and he sat there and he said, what are you passionate about? And I was dead silent. And he's like looking at me. He's like, okay, so we just spent our entire life savings on all of your passionate projects and you're not, you don't like any of them. How many times do we do this? We seek after things that the world tells us is good or right, or we're in a job for 20 years because that makes good money. No, that is such a, a 
sad way of living. And so I sat there and I said, you know what? It's people. I'm so passionate about people. I want to see their greatness come to life. I want to see all those things that God has brought to them individually, uniquely. And I want to see them propel not just themselves for purpose, but everyone that they're connected to. And so to create opportunities for people to activate, that's literally why I do what I do. And I want it to be from a place of authenticity, not the buzzword authenticity, but the, the dark, the deep the hard, the icky, the grimy. And I want people not to like air their dirty laundry. That's not the point. I want them to come to revelation that the death clothes that they're wearing are only to be taken off by the people connected to them. I want us to realize that we're in an interconnected kingdom. No one lives alone. No one has made it to the top of the mountain. No one has success until you're in heaven. You haven't made it anywhere, my friend. Always Becoming, the concept, the title of my book, is with such an intentionality for us to realize our imperfections, our weaknesses. Because I can sit all day, every day in a moment of surrender on my knees, but God is telling us, just like he told Lazarus, to get up and go, to walk out, to go and make disciples of nations just based on the fact that you are no longer dying. And I don't wanna be dying. You are not a sinner. Don't call yourself a sinner. You are raised to life and therefore you have purpose. You have breath, just like Larissa breathed into us, right? Just like he breathed into us at eternity. Oh, so good. You know, and, and so I, I feel like things are just bubbling up as you're speaking to me. And a question I want to ask, you know, it, because people are slippery slope, right? Uh, they can be when we, especially with the type of shame that we've endured and we have overcome. How do you say, how do you stay a Jesus pleaser and not become a people pleaser? Woo, that's a question right there. Now listen to this. This is so good. This past weekend, this is such a perfect time for this. I went to, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of We Are Messengers. It's an incredible band. They're from um, Ireland. And I was listening to, we actually went for Ryan Ellis, who was the opener. I love, me and my husband love like underground music coming to life and like really following someone when they have like 300 followers, right? And and now 3 million. And the, the lead singer of We Are Messengers, his name is Darren. And he was talking prior to in like an early VIP section. And he said something incredible because he was talking to a, a room full of worshipers. Here I am again, finding myself in a room at Regent University, which is connected to CBN. And uh, there was a room full of wish- worshipers and they were asking questions directly about songwriting and um, falling more in love with the worship element than the worship, the person that they're worshiping. This is exactly what you're asking. And he said, if you fall in love with the telling of your testimony, rather than the one who healed your testimony, you will lose your voice. Say that again. This is his words exactly. He said, don't fall in love with the telling. Stay in love with the one who you're telling about or you'll lose your voice. Wow. That is so good. (laughs) That needs to be like a picture of him turned into a meme. Like it needs to be (laughs) on his shirt. (laughs) All the things. I lost my voice, right? So you could have looked from the outside looking in and been like, wow, she's got it all together. She's even good at speaking. Meanwhile, I had no, no voice. I was, it was completely stripped of me and I had to learn like a little baby how to talk again. 
I didn't have words that were life giving. And now that I get to literally, I have the Bible open in front of me right now. These are the words of life. And so I don't really want to even hear what I have to say in this conversation or this interview. I want to know what he has to tell the people who are listening. We become conduits, we become vessels. And so I stay surrendered in that space through worship, through prayer, through the less of me, more of him. And, and you can talk to my team about this, but Morgan specifically, who you know, Alexander, um, she, at, when we first started this, this vision and this mission that was given to us about five years ago, she wanted to put my face on stuff. And she wanted to put my name on things. When I first wrote Always Becoming, I shared this last week when my book turned one, I didn't even, I had a pen name. I didn't even want to share anything about me. I just wanted to bring hope. And she slowly but surely like chipped away at this, this idea that I wasn't the one that needed to be on the cover. or I wasn't the one who needed to be on my social media. I had such a hard time because I had lived my life as a Barbie doll right? Everyone, everyone expected something out of me and I didn't want them to see me. I wanted them to know him. And I couldn't understand how am I supposed to show Jesus if I'm the one there? And this is where it comes back to the creation conversation. He made you uniquely and divinely, your face, your skin, your hair, your eyes, you are the apple of his eye. And so when you look in the mirror, you get to see him not you. And that like revelation slowly but surely got me to a place that if you see my Instagram, <laughs> you see that I am all up in there and Alexander and I are on the same page. Like wave your hair and just don't care. But it's the knowing only because of whose I am, not because of who I have created myself to be. <sighs> just incredibly powerful. And you know, <sighs> I just want to I think we should all just like sit on that for a second and just really receive that because I think we get so caught up so much so often. And I can say that I fall into people pleasing still to this day, you know, and, and I know to, to make, you know, the main thing, the main thing and the main thing should be Jesus Christ, you know, and I know these things. And yet we can so easily fall back into these old habits, these habits that honestly were created because uh, of trauma. You know, they were our, our, right, our mind's way of dealing, right, with the coping yeah. mechanisms to overcome said trauma. If I could make this person happy, then maybe I will feel happy. And, you know, it's this, it's this give and take. And so you're, you're not just breaking cycles within your own life. You're breaking the generational cycles, which you mentioned. But then also there's comfort in those coping mechanisms. And so you have to constantly stay in a state of discomfort almost it feels like until you acclimate to your new normal but the reality is is that that's business right you win in business because if you're sitting here in the audience and you're like this breakfast with champions we talk about jesus all day long what's going on here <laughs> well see there's an overlap right and there's an overlap ultimately that leads to a conference that's coming next month that you're going to understand even a little bit more but when it comes to business, you kind of have to have that same, be willing to stay uncomfortable, get out of the comfort zone, do the things that, you know, do the hard work um, now, focus on the activity, not on the outcome, all of these different things. It correlates to the life that you've learned emotionally, uh, psychologically uh, to deal with. 
when did that crossover come into business? And then what are some of the things that you feel has set you apart that you continue to stay successful in business, even when you made business around freeing others? So incredible. Such a good, you guys, he's so good at this. You realize how he literally takes the trajectory of a conversation and he just guides us along. It's so good. And this question is so rich because it's connected to, again, I told you where and how God had shown up in my life when I was younger. And it was through this revelation of like, I was really good at leading. I was really good at creating movements. I was really good at, at designing mission statements and building out the maps and creating the frameworks. I was like doing carnivals. I was literally putting on full school carnivals almost single-handedly because we know how reliable teenagers are. In my high school, I didn't go to my boyfriend's prom because my SCA advisor was like, Tamara, you have to make a choice here. What's your choice? Either you're gonna literally leave this hanging because we found out the days were the same for this carnival or you're gonna go and go to a, a high school party essentially. And I chose not to go because it was important to me that these people that I'm connected to, that they enjoy not from people pleasing, but from the work that we put in. And so this is business. I put in work, you put in work every single day. And I can assure you that there are moments where you feel like this is impossible. No one's even coming to the show. No one's even coming to the carnival. No one is even coming to my calls or no one is even coming to my master classes. Do you know that it doesn't really matter who's there? Because you're walking in obedience to the God of the universe. You're literally walking it out. And in that obedience, fruit is made. Think about the seeds. Think about something and all the time that it takes before something comes to, to the soil, to the earth, to the air, then the water, like the process is hard, but he uses all things for good. And so the elements of extracting, what are you passionate about? What was painful to you, right? You heard about my pains. You heard about my passion being people and having this knack for leadership and then going into, okay, God revealed to me my purpose. And so I've been walking out this purpose through fit and faith that was literally a drop from heaven associated to not just your business success, but the business of your mind, your mental health, the business of your relational health. My marriage, y'all, when Alexander talks about us having an incredible marriage, we just celebrated our 10-year uh, wedding vow renewal with a renewal. It was amazing. 15 years together. We are not the same people that met when I was 20 years old. However, we have become the version that God created us to be because of iron sharpening iron, because we stayed together and we stuck it out. And boy, was it messy and hard and all the ugly tears. But it's not the business connected to your money. It's the business connected to your legacy. It's the business connected to the kingdom. And so, yeah, I want you to be financially sound. You yeah, I want your business to make money, but I want it to be from a place of health. And I don't think often that that's how people build business. They build business because it's a good idea. I get it every single day. They knock on the door, or hypothetically, right? The, the digital door. And they're like, Tamara, I've got this great idea. Will you help me construct it? And I'm like, yeah, let's talk about it. I want to know so much more about the being, the who that I am about to partner with and walk alongside than I do about their brand or their business. 
And that's that trifecta, that is the trifecta of bounty. That is the trifecta of you actually stepping in and receiving your blessing. And oftentimes we just put business as a separate entity to self. And that cannot be the case. We cannot continue to live life like that. And so it's the integration of being the brand and the business, I believe, and I've seen and witnessed for now a half decade, that's the catapult factor. Oh, so good. And what's interesting is that first and foremost, you might be listening and thinking, hey, well, maybe I'm not, you know, the one that's meant to be the face or the one that's meant to be the front or maybe i'm not the brand i'm not the business and the brand the cool thing is this is that it doesn't necessarily have to be in the way that you've done it right tamara it doesn't have to be in a on stage in front of everyone type of way and not everyone is called to be an entrepreneur sometimes you're called to be the support right you tamara can't succeed to the level that you succeed if you didn't have the team behind you but it's understanding that however whether it's you that wants to lead or you that wants to follow aligning yourself with someone who understand the passion and the purpose and that trifecta that she spoke on and i just find that so like honestly it's so it's it seems so simple but at the same time it's so mind-blowing and so if you're sitting here so my question is for you tamara is someone sitting here and they're thinking i love this okay I, I, it all sounds great but how do I find my passion? How do I know my purpose? How do I get that information so I can ultimately do what you've done? Yeah, I think it's 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 sitting into and simmering with the transformation zone of your life, okay? So, and what I mean by that is every single one of you guys have experienced a transformation in some way, shape or form, or maybe you're in that other space where you're just clawing and craving something more. We can talk to that too, but. I want to speak to the this area of recognizing your passion. So I, I spoke to it briefly, but it's it's literally a methodology that we go through every single time I work with someone because there are frameworks in which you show up to life and the frameworks of your life and the things that you pass to people on the street, right? My husband is not a coach. By no means is he a coach, but boy, is he a mentor, right? Alex, you can speak directly to that. He's a mentor to men in so many amazing ways. He runs an HVAC company, right? He's in the contracting world, but he guides his team every day. And whether he was the leader or not, there are people on that team that pour back into him based on their area of leadership, based on their area of, of awareness. Okay. So when you're thinking, I'm not an entrepreneur, I'm not the leader, I'm the entrepreneur, I, you are still on mission. I do not hire people and say, hey, come join my mission. I want to know what's your mission? What's your calling? What's the thing that God wants to, to manifest through you? And if there's an alignment element, then we work together. Okay, this is so important for you guys to recognize. So it's what were my pains? Make a list, right? Like write it all out. Everything that's happened to you or, or you've created or something that even like lights a fire under you. It doesn't even have to. Like I haven't ever been involved or known anyone directly who has been trafficked okay no actually i do know some people who've been directly trafficked but i've never been involved in the process but when i learn about when i learned about it a couple years ago i was woo, i was on fire 
Okay. And I was like, how can I affect change? And I think it's connected to my sexual trauma and this cultural like dictation of my body and my purpose as a woman. And so I'm so passionate about it. So I went from what ails me, what makes me angry, what lights me up, what hurts my soul. And then what am I passionate about? They could have no connection, right? I just want you to make a, a stream of conscious list. What are you passionate about? What are you good at? What did people say when you were little you were amazing at? What did you find yourself always going back to? It could, for me, personal training and nutrition was a massive part of my 20s. All the way back, I told you I was in the gym for 20 hours a week as a gymnast. Body, health, and consciousness is so important to me. When Fit in Faith was born, it was out of, I was literally at the gym when it happened. And so I think about how that is connected to how I serve women and men right now, specifically women. Um, when we go internationally and go on these retreats, I never let them leave without the regimen of knowing how much our body is a vessel and a conduit to life. So you have all these passions. What are your passions? And then there's this transformation zone that I mentioned. There is lines that should be drawn from your pains to your passions. It doesn't matter which way the arrow is going. The passion could fuel the pain. The pain could fuel the passion, whatever it is. And you're going to name what happened. What did you do to go from this pain to this passion? How did this passion help this pain? And if you can name that, oh my goodness, you can create any genre of movement, mission, that's the mission statement of your life, any business, any support system to any entrepreneur or leader, you will have a secret sauce that no one else in the entire world could touch. No one. That is your secret sauce, my friend. That is what makes you stand out uniquely above the rest. But if you don't embrace the pain, like you mentioned before, if you don't embrace the pain, you will never stand on purpose. Oof. So true. And the thing is, this is when you do embrace the pain, it's hard. And I think that one of the things that's important, one of the things that I, you know, I'm blessed that for the last two plus years or two years or so, however long it's been, it feels like a lifetime, but I've gotten a front row seat to you and, and so many of the incredible things that you're doing. And, and you do it with such ease, but I also see you willing to deal with whatever pain may come your way at the same, you don't shy away from the pain. And I think that's in large part because you've surrounded yourself with such a support system, such a, a, a surrounding of love of people who believe both family and non-family. And a lot of that you found through doing the work, right? Going to conferences, um, reading the books, getting to know people in that space, going to church, all these different realms. How important then is it for someone who's starting out, they wanted to do this, or maybe they've been in the trenches for a while, but they want to start doing it this way to go to places like a Grow Your Business for God conference, where they get to be surrounded with like-minded individuals, hopefully build community, because the pain's gonna come. It, 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 you're not free from pain because you've dealt with pain. You might have that pain, have some residual, and you might have new pain, but you have to deal with the pain. How important is it then to be in these places where you can have that support to do so, so you don't do it alone? 
well, it, isolation is the enemy, right? Isolation is the place where the enemy has the most power, both in your mind and in your business and in your body, really like every element of self, right? And so I was living in a state of isolation, even married with kids, right? He didn't even know who I was. I didn't even actually know a lot of who he was either. And we discovered that together on this journey. And so looking at it through the lens of business and thinking about how important it is to surround yourself with people who on your hardest days. And y'all, I have hard days all the time. I was in tears in a, in a hard place on the same day that our book hit bestseller last week. And I, I sat there in the kitchen and I was crying in fear and in disappointment and in worry about this conference. I'm, I'm going to be completely transparent. I'm like, we set a budget based on a full house because why not, right? God tells you to move, you move and you move in a big way. And it's not full yet. And yet I know that 85% of the tickets last year were sold in the last month. So we are 24 days, I think, away from this conference. And I sat there and I told my mom, I said, mom, this is the picture. This is what the post should be about. This is joyful entrepreneurship. It is highs and it is lows. And I could have sat in that low and kept my mouth shut and just been a crazy person and a crazy mom and like all these things by myself and people be like, whoa, what's wrong with you? Why is she in a bad mood? You know how many people walk around in bad moods and the only reason they're in a bad mood is because they've kept it to themselves? You have to share your burdens with people. Moses would have never been able to split the sea. One, if his wife did not pardon him or he didn't have Aaron and her to raise his hands when he was on top of the mountain right? There are people in your corner for a reason. And so grow your business for God's sake is an opportunity for people to come together, not only to raise your arms, to say, keep going, keep fighting, cultivate and activate the thing that's inside of you. It is also for people to excavate alongside of you. When you open up, like, you know, those like dinosaur eggs, Alexander, you're a daddy. You, you get those things. Yeah. <laughs> they are the best toy ever. Guess why? Because it takes them forever to get to the toy at the center and it keeps them occupied. God wants to keep you occupied. He wants to keep you occupied with your purpose. If it was easy, if, if the little dinosaur came out and you're like, yay, this is the thing. This is what I was made to do. Everything is great. Do you think that we would be reliant on him? No reliance is the walk my friend becoming is the walk i have not tasted and seen the fullness of who god is i have not learned all there is to know and the thing is is because i haven't come to that fullness that full revelation that full ability of success wealth riches whatever you are aspiring to wholeness whatever it is i've not touched it neither have you and therefore there is this element of gap and inside that gap, the gap of where we are going to become, just like you witnessed or um, you referenced Ed Milet, right? The who he's going to become and who he's going to meet in heaven. The enemy has territory in that void. I'm going to say that again. That gap of who you are now and who you are becoming and who you will be, who God sees you as. There's a gap. And that void is where the enemy has power. Because who you are right now, you know. You know, and if you have never done the work, grow your business for God's sake is a place to start doing that work. I can assure you, it's not a business just based on business conference. It's business of the mind, the body, and the soul. It's the business of the head, the heart, the home front, the health front. And then your handbag is the last thing. God's not worried about your money. You know, he's the richest being in the world. 
No money, no amount of money, no Elon Musk, no anybody can touch the riches of the kingdom. He created that by the way. And so I think about the elements of our need, that gap is a need. We need to pursue the completion of who we are becoming. And yet the enemy says, I've got a lie for you. I've got a lie that's going to keep you stuck. I'm going to keep you exactly where you are. I'm going to keep you small. I'm going to keep you uninfluential. I'm going to keep you without influence and territory. I'm going to keep you without finances. Because if I keep you right there, then I've got a stronghold over top of your life. I've got a stronghold over top of your purpose. You'll let him determine your mission. And that mission will create stagnancy. And it'll also create death. It'll literally, your legacy will be death connected to you. Or you have access to the life, the life-giving, life-breathing, joy-seeking experience. That's why I play. That's why we adventure. That's why we dance and we sing. Because if we're trapped in this, like, I need to be perfect box, this is how you run a business. Y'all, no one has the business plan. God has the business plan. I cannot give you strategy and neither can they. They'll say, oh, I'll make you seven figures. Good luck because their strategy is not your strategy. You are uniquely and wonderfully made on purpose. Use the tools. We'll give you the tools, but do not think that they are the lifeblood of your business. God's the lifeblood. Oh, so good. I, you know, and I, I just have to, I love when you said when you're like be occupied in your purpose, because what happens when we're occupied in our purpose, we can't be vilified by our shame. We won't be minimized by our doubt and we can ultimately be maximized in his calling for our lives. And so the power in understanding that when you're at places like Grow Your Business for God takes at a conference like this, not only you've heard the good and the bad. And there's not many people out there that are going to like, hey, I'm having a grow your business for God's sake conference. And let me tell you all my shame and all the negative things that's happened in my life. And, you know, that's not normal, right? Normally it's let me put on my best foot forward. Let me show you all the accolades and all the letters behind my name and blah, blah, blah. But see, shift happens when we're willing to go there. And I think that that's what sets grow your business for God's sakes apart when it comes to other self-development and business conferences is yes, you're gonna get some of the top leaders in business that are killing it, by the way, uh, making the seven, eight, nine, ten 10 figure incomes that seem to be important, but really we realize that they're all just like us, but they do have some clues for success. Yes, you're gonna hear thought leaders that are gonna provoke your spirit. You're gonna hear worship that's gonna lead you. I'm telling you some of the best worship you'll ever, 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 I'm assuming it's the same band and it's the best worship you can ever hope for. <laughs> and so you're going to get all of that. You're also going to get it with someone who's leading from a place of truth. And I think that if you're looking for your truth, you're looking for your purpose, your passion, you're looking to minimize that self-doubt, you're, you're looking to stop vilifying yourself for your shame, and you're wanting to maximize and step in to all the glory that God has for you, I want you guys to click on that button up top. Check it out. Put your information and see what's going on. Tap on Tamara's face. Go to her Instagram. Give her a follow. Check her out. See what she's got going on. Because I promise you that as you're sitting here, you might be alone, you might be sad, you might think, I'm so deep underground, there's no way I can ever climb up. There is hope and there is light. 
And when you surround yourself with by people like Tamara and Gary Andrus and some of the other people that you're going to see at this incredible conference, like Ramon Ray and many, many more, shift happens because it's okay to sit in your pain because you're surrounded by love and support to get you through it. Tamara, I know that this was a really big undertaking last year. This year, again, a looming undertaking, and yet you still keep showing up because you know that the hundreds and hundreds of people that will be there, their life will be changed forever. Is it because this is part of your purpose and your passion or what keeps you driving to keep showing up even when the mountain seems unscalable? Well, that's so good. And I'll just give you a little story. Last night, I have my nephew who spends a lot of time with us. His name is Joseph, Joey, Jojo. And uh, he said, I learned today in church that there is a guy in the Bible named Joseph. He's six. And I was like, yeah, he's got your same name. I said, you know what's so cool about that? And he said, what? And I said, I bet you there's purpose in that. I bet you when you go to sleep tonight, God's going to give you a really big dream. When you wake up in the morning, I want to hear what that big dream is. And I bet you we're going to see that come to life one day. And that is what I believe every single one of us aspires to. We have been given dreams. We have been given visions. And I've been given a vision for this conference long before I ever even knew Glenn existed. And what's so cool is that it is so connected to the heartbeat of the Father. And even in that tearful moment that I shared with you that happened last week, God's provision has been so good. And I keep remembering that it's not in my capability. It was never in Joseph's capability to end up being the biggest blessing for his family and to be able to stand at the right hand of the king and to be able to steward the dream that had been given to his life. I am just stewarding a dream and I am doing it not on behalf of self, but on behalf of God. Now, is there ego associated? Yes, self, I wake up in the morning and do the hard thing. Yes, I do, but it is not by my strength. It is by being a vessel surrendered to the Holy Spirit that allows me to keep going. And so I know that whether it ends up being I'm in the hole, like I, I often am when it comes to big things like this, God's provision is still good. His purpose is still there. And I believe that the storehouse, just like the storehouse that happened with the king when he was given the vision, you need to hold this harvest for seven years. It's going to take time. And that time is going to be worth it because I'm going to be able to gift it back to so many people who need it. And so I just pray that you guys get in the room. I pray that if you can't get in the room, will you bless somebody else to be able to be in the room? Will you come virtually? Will you hang out with us? Will you understand and just get a taste and see what it is that God has gifted from that dream? Don't ostracize, don't outcast, don't throw my colorful robe on the ground, but instead come along for the ride. I'm so excited about it. Alexander, thank you so much for this time. I love you guys. Uh, Tamara, thank you so much for you're just, and you know, I, I hate that authenticity has become a buzzword and it just makes me angry. It's not a buzzword, it's a real word and it's a good word and I can use it to describe you and it's not a buzzword. So I'm just gonna say that because you are so real, you're so authentic, you're willing to go there with us. And I just appreciate as an interviewer, when you have an interviewee that just 
opens up and answers the question in a way that's just dripping with nuggets, dripping with gems. Someone posted in the in the chat, and I love it. She said, this is so nutritious. Woo, nutritious, hear that word. Words can be nutrients to your soul if you open to them. And one of the most nutritious places I've ever had the privilege of being as it grow your business for God's sakes conference. So tap in with Tamara, make sure that you're clicking on her face. If you didn't get to click the link that was above, um, it's all over her socials. She can get it to you. I can get it to you. Many of us here on stage can. So just DM us and we'll make sure that you get the link. But we hope to see you there so you can grow your business for God's sakes, but more than anything, so you can grow yourself, not just for God's sakes, but for the legacy behind you sakes, for the ones who are waiting for you to win so that they can win and you don't even know them yet. That's why I hope you're there.